Welcome to the Modern Woodworkers Association podcast, where our mission is to provide woodworking education for all levels and all types of woodworkers. To find out more about the Modern Woodworkers Association, visit us on the web at modernwoodworkersassociation.com or follow us on Twitter at NWA underscore national. Now to our host, Tom Maiovino, Diami Palatki, and yours truly, Chris Adkins. Hello, everyone. That's Diami. I'm here with Jeremy Morgan of lifeonwallstreet.blogspot.com. Is that yeah? Is that your, your yeah. website? Okay. And uh, Jeremy was out in the New York area for some business and was kind enough to stop by the shop, so we wanted to run through the five questions. So, uh, Jeremy, let me begin with how did you get into woodworking? Well, I, I grew up, you know, grew up in a house where my dad. Dad built our house, and he was a wood carver, so we had a small wood shop in the basement. He always had plans to build furniture for the house, but never really, uh, never really got around to it because he was busy with his wood carving. But I had access to, you know, tools and grew up building, you know, building birdhouses and whatnot. And what kind of carving does your dad do? He's a bird carver, so he oh, does okay. real, you know, bird carvings. In the last ten years, he's kind of gone more towards like the um, the craft like ornaments and back scratchers type of thing that okay. is just easier to sell oh so he, he sells his work yeah makes. yeah no he, he does that as a business but for, for, co- for quite a long time he did you know life-size realistic bird sculptures okay. uh, that were you know they it's enjoyed real art form for that yeah I mean so they're very de- incredibly detailed but also incredibly time consuming yeah. so he's I think, you know, hopefully once he retires, he'll get back into that because it's, I still need to get him to carve me something now that I'm okay. not, not living at home. But yeah, so yeah, I grew up building things. My grandfather, you know, always made, you know, he made bird feeders and stuff that he'd sell. And then I was lucky enough to actually have shop class in middle school. Oh, okay. I actually did have, you know, a wood shop. Probably one of the, one of the last few groups of students that still had that. Yeah, I had shop class in middle school, not... Not high school, but in middle school, and I, what I remember working in shop class was acrylic, which hasn't, hasn't helped me much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then didn't do, really didn't do much any woodworking, you know, out of you know through college until you know, first house was a townhome. It didn't didn't, need, didn't really need much work. Built it, you know, deck building deck, general stuff. And then we, recent, you know, four years ago, my wife and I moved to Colorado and bought a house that was built in 1901 okay. so it's got plenty to it's got plenty, plenty to do yes yeah, lots of character some of it some, some of it's even good <laughs> so the house projects got more involved you know started kind of building up you know actually the first project that really kind of pushed me in more of the woodworking direction was building a, a set of doors for our little garage which is now my shop okay so i built a set of four by eight foot carriage doors okay so that was you know like tennessee i kind of jump in <laughs> so now being out in colorado building doors for the shop are they insulated doors do you climate control inside the shop the the shop is heated um somewhat it's it's a it's an underground single car single bay garage that's really too small for a car so okay. i have a good excuse for not putting a car in there but the the doors, I, I did put some insulation on the panels, but it, it's south facing, and there's so much concrete around it that doesn't take an awful lot. I do have a little, a little electric heater, but I don't have to run that too much to keep it. I'm assuming the garage being underground keeps 
that, oh, yeah. that's a great insulator on its own. Yeah, it. You know, I have a yeah a small electric here, and I can keep it at fifty five okay. without without too, without going too broke. All right. Well, um, to move on to the next question, what's your favorite tool? That's tough. Um, it can be today. I know it's, yeah. again, like children, it's hard to pick just one. Um, the bandsaw definitely was one of the. That was one of the pieces of stationary equipment that really I think opened up a lot of new possibilities for me. Yeah. You, know, it, you can do. You know, when I finally got a planer, it was nice. I could work with rough lumber, but being able to cut curves and do all do a lot of the things you can do with a bandsaw is. It's one of those tools that there's not a lot of. You can do things that there's not a not a lot of other good ways to do. Unless you do yeah, them, unless no, you do them by hand. I've we were talking about my bandsaw earlier, and I'm now very happy with the bandsaw. And I'm I'm seeing it open things up in my work yeah. that I couldn't do before, but. Before I used a jigsaw as a poor excuse, and yeah. a jigsaw can do some things, but there are things a bandsaw does that nothing else can do, and yeah. um, I can I can really see how that would open up your work. Yeah, I mean my my shop is quite small. It's, like I said, it's about the same size as yours, and I I have a small portable like benchtop contractor's table saw. Also, yeah, there you know other people, my grandfather, you know, various shop teachers, but then with actual fine woodworking. I think the the whole online community has obviously been a huge influence because that's where pretty much all of my instruction, as it is, comes okay. from. Um, when I decided to make some make carriage doors, I started looking around online and kind of stumbled across you know Mark's site, Matt's site, and your site. All the different that's was kind of my introduction to all of that. And okay, it was I think. Partly that, just the amount of information and sort of that community that's there that was part of the, got me so interested in it that, you know, went from a garage door, then a window seat, and then some, you know, now built a few standalone furniture pieces. Okay. Are, are you building mostly for your own home, or are you built for relatives, or who, who's your, who um, receives the pieces after so, they're built? I mean, so far, well, every, everything I've built, except last summer I did build a bookcase for um, some, or some friends of ours. She needed a book, you know. A, she needed to replace a. She had an old cheap bookcase that she wanted. It was in a hallway, and she couldn't find anything that was shallow enough. Okay. So she asked me to build one, which was great because she wanted, you know, wanted to build it out of cherry. And we've got a. There's a great supplier in Denver that has just a lot of really nice, uns, old, unsteamed cherry. Oh, that's it's just great. Gorgeous to work with, but it's you know, a little spendy. She was yeah. willing to. Come buy lumber on the island. You'll yeah. see spending. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Um, what was your biggest stumbling block in uh, in learning to woodwork, and could you have avoided it? Mm. Uh, it's, it's an ongoing struggle, just kind of finding time. is yeah. always, always a challenge. Building, you know, once I was able to turn the the old garage, which had pretty much just been storage okay. before I before I built the doors. Once kind of building those doors kind of allowed that shop to kind of be kind of a functional space. Was it your intention you wanted to turn it into a shop so you built the doors or you needed doors, you built the doors and in that you realized you wanted it to be a shop? Well I I wanted it to be a shop, but I built them more of the intention of it just being a shop for working on bikes and skis. Okay. Um, and, you know, and have some place to have my, have a tool set up for house projects. Mm -hmm. it, I didn't really go into that 
thinking that I was going to decide to build start building furniture, but it uh, kind of kind of evolved that way. But I think having being able to have that dedicated space, you know, it was started out as half of the half of the garage where the other half is still storage and just having have a, having a dedicated place to set up tools and go down and I can make a mess and I have to like deal with putting it away the, the, the dedicated space is, is important I, I give a lot of credit to the guys who go out and do the woodworking without a dedicated space yeah but it's that I can't imagine doing that I mean as tiny as, as our spaces are yeah there there are spaces you know the, so and but part, you know, partly because of the limited space, and and I've, I've found that being um, disciplined about trying to plan out a project and just, you know have like this is what I need to do, and so I can you know have those tools out mm-hmm. has definitely been very helpful. And working in working in you know, little chunks of time here and there, you know, keep keeping a keeping a running list of the tasks that I need to complete, and so that I can. Based on how much time I have, I can kind of choose what I'm going to do when I get out. Okay. If I get out of the shop, I have two hours. I can do something that I can actually accomplish. Yeah. Do you have to walk outside to get into your shop? Yeah, so it's down. You know, I go out and walk down the street and walk in, go yeah. into the door. Does that limit your ability to go out there in in bad weather, or do you just suck it up and you walk out in the snow? I just put on a jacket and walk out there. It's not too bad. It's you know, it's kind of nice. It's quiet down there. I can be mm-hmm. as loud as I want. There's, there's a lot of value in that. Yeah, it's not connected to the house, and it's not next to the neighbor's house. So it's, yeah. I mean, I can, if I want to go out and work at 2 in the morning, I could, although I'm not, not much of a late night I anymore. I tend to run in this shop late into the night, but uh, up until a couple years ago, if it was nice, I would work out in the driveway up until late at night. I yeah. finally had an exchange with a neighbor at, at yeah. 11.30 at night. Um, so the fact that it's quiet, I can appreciate this. There's a lot of value to that. All right, last question. How has the internet influenced your work? Well, again, the in a lot of the, I'd say most of my, most of the biggest influences on my, you know, furniture, woodworking, the furniture side of my woodworking, you know, are, you know, people that I've you know, come across online. Various websites and, you know, the Twitter community. And Do you have a woodworking community in um, in the greater Denver area that you know of? I, I believe there is a... I believe there is a guild, and I, you know, I, I know there's a, I think it's there's a guild that meets at one of the local rocker stores, but it's not something that I've, you know, really I haven't gone out of my way to get down there. But it's you know it's kind of out of my you know an hour you know forty five minutes or an hour from my okay, house that, down to the city, so it's not not particularly convenient. So, do they do an annual show? Do you know? Uh, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I know some of the. I think some of the woodwork or like the woodworking show, I believe, does come through Denver. But right, right. I haven't but yet made it down. I was thinking that. of um, we have a local group, Long Island Woodworkers, and yeah. I'm technically a member. I've never been to an actual meeting. Um, they meet at night on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, yeah. and between my nighttime work commitments and my kids and my nighttime kids commitments, it's it's impossible. And frankly, often it coincides with the podcast, so yeah. I've never made it down. But every October, November. They do a show, and it's all the members just show their pieces. It's in, it's on a, on a county park ground in this nice old barn, and people just come in and look at the furniture. And it's just that one event is a great thing to, to meet other other woodworkers and and showcase it. So I was wondering if they had something like that. That might be a good yeah introduction to it because even if you don't go to the meetings, maybe you meet a handful of people who live closer to you than an hour and a half away. Yeah, that I mean that's definitely something worth looking into. I wouldn't be surprised. I know. 
one of the one of the lumber suppliers that I go to, they had they this I guess this past fall had a show oh. from the the local community one of the local community colleges because okay. we which is actually a, a resource that at some point I hope to take some classes because they um, the Red Rocks Community College there which is in the not in the county I live in but the where I work okay um, they've got a pretty well Oh. well-known woodworking program that's great unfortunately so, the, the community colleges here have nothing i, I yeah. constantly look so that's that's fantastic particularly and i think i think if i was going to take a class i'd probably you know take a class in turning or something that turning or marquetry or something that i don't have any experience with or any tools would be kind of nice because it's you know they, they actually have weekend and evening classes too, oh, okay so. so you can do it around work yeah so that that's definitely that's definitely something that's on my list is to and that would probably I think that would I suspect that would be a good way to kind of meet some other people mm. as well. Yeah, and I don't want to dissuade you from meeting other internet woodworkers because oh, yeah. they're, we're they're a great group. Yeah. But um, every once in a while, it's nice to actually actually meet somebody. Oh, in the flesh. Yeah, yeah, and it's def- that's definitely <laughs> definitely an interesting part of the hobby that I you know not really having other people that I that I so you know most of you know. Pretty much all of the, you know, our group of friends, it's all mostly all skiing or biking. Okay. So okay. Which, those are your other pr- Yeah, other so that's where, you know, during, yep. the, during the winter, you know, sometimes the woodworking, you know, depending on the snow conditions, the woodworking <laughs> sometimes. I, where where you are, I can only imagine that the snow conditions are often pretty damn good. Yeah, they can be good. This year, this year started out good and been pretty dry. Of course, now that I'm back east, there's, you know, a couple feet of, <laughs> couple feet of snow, so I might have to take Monday off when I go back. Well, you work today, so. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Well, thank you very much. Um, before we go, could you tell people where they can find find you online, where they can follow you? Oh, I have a blog. It's Life on Wall Street. You know, it's Wall St. Uh, blogspot, and I am on Twitter, which is J underscore Dollar underscore Sign, and I'm on Instagram too, and I don't remember what my name is. Okay. Do you have links to your other social profiles on the blog? Can people find out about you there? Possibly. If I don't, I should. I'll try to put some of those links in this post when it posts so people can find out more about you. But I know we've chatted online many times, and you're well worth following. So thank you very much for, uh, for answering the questions. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you.